everyone, and welcome back to Random Alien Brain Droppings. I'm Suzanne Chancellor, and today's guest is someone, in my humble opinion, who's the most innovative, spiritual, and creative musicians of our time. And his voice of a thousand angels is unmistakable for that of the one and only John Anderson. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much for the lovely introduction. Oh, you're so deserving of it, let me tell you. To quote you from one of my most favorite songs of yours, The Revealing Science of God, I must have waited all my life for this moment, and I truly have. It's such a pleasure and an honor to have this conversation with you. I first listened to my very first Yes album in 1974, which was the album Relayer. And after being brought up in a family that listened to, uh, you know, Glenn Campbell and Ingebert Humperdinck and, and the Beatles, I don't know what it was that drew me to this incredible composition, but I was completely spellbound at 12 years old. And I don't know what it was about the music, but it was so, it spoke to my soul. And it wasn't necessarily the lyrics, but it was the tone of the music. And not only that, but the wonderful artwork of the album cover by Roger Dean. It really spoke to me. So I just wanted to ask you, John, based on your background, when you first started into the music business and, and when you were a kid, what inspired you to go so big? Well, I was very excited about music when I was about two or three years old. I used to listen to the radio quite a lot and, uh, I listened to sort of uh, classical music, uh, modern dance music in the 40s, because my mom and dad, they were bold and dance people. They loved dancing. So music was around me all the time. And as I grew up, I just uh, became more amazed how um, music was created. I think when I, when I would listen to, in those days, I would listen to Elgar, a famous uh, English composer, and wondered how he created that music. And then I think by the time I was 20, 21, you know, the Beatles were happening like crazy in the 60s. And uh, their inventiveness just confused me more than anything. How could they come up with such great music? And uh, I listened a lot at that time to the, the popular classics, which were sort of um, Holst, The Planet Suite, and... Uh, and I think uh, New World Symphony, Dvorak, and Tchaikovsky. And then, all of a sudden, I started listening to Stravinsky. And that was when I started to believe that if I was going to be in a band, I wanted to do things like this, you know. I wanted to do crazy, wild, wonderful music. And make music that was more like an adventure rather than... You know, I went through that period in, in London. I was uh, I was trying to get a gig. You know, I've been in a band for five years up to that time and, and left the band because they wouldn't rehearse. And I was so excited about music, modern music. So uh, I found myself in London looking for a gig, looking for a band. And that's when I met Chris Fire. So we started Yes together. And uh, there I was working with musicians that were very... Uh, Flexible. They were very interested in doing long-form, structured pieces of music. And because I'd listened a lot to, uh, at that time, I was listening a lot to the classics uh, as I mentioned, uh, 
you know, the planet suite is just amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of early guests, the arrangements were very similar to those structures. And probably by, I think, about two or three years into the band touring, I started listening to Sibelius and Stravinsky. And that's when I realized I was working with a band of musicians. Uh, Rick Wakeman had just joined the band, and he knew all this music, and he could actually play it, you know, uh, at rehearsals. And uh, that's how we got into de designing longer-form pieces of music. Uh, you know, it, it was like uh, when, when we yes, first started, I thought we were a bit too old to be pop stars anyway. <laughs> kind of crazy. And uh, from that moment, it was a question of working with musicians that were interested in pushing the envelope, if you like, musical envelope. And that's what we did all mm -hmm. the way through the 70s. We, we just had... We had the best time because uh, there were no boundaries. And like there you were, 12 years old, buying Relayer. And uh, <laughs> as far as I knew, when, when I created music with the band, all I thought about was what it would sound like on stage and the performance and what we could take the audience on a journey. And Relayer is, you know, it's a pretty dark piece of music. And then at the end, it comes very light. Soon or soon the light, you know. So in a way, that's how it... Yeah, that's how it sort of evolved, you know. Right. Well, I think it's really interesting that you were obviously very uh, drawn to that, I think, also when you were quite younger. And it's so wonderful that these quality musicians basically fell in your lap. Maybe the universe provided that for you at that moment to have that same vision that you and Chris did. And obviously with Rick Wakeman, I mean, my goodness, I mean, he is, you know, the end-all be-all of the most amazing keyboardist that there ever was, in my humble opinion. But I don't think that there are that many bands that have that vision that have stood the test of time like Yes has. So that is really saying something about where this is really coming from. Well, in some ways, I think, like you said, the musical gods were with us. And uh, when I do my solo show, I do a couple of songs from Topographic Oceans, sort of dedicating it to the people, the fans that stayed with the band through those turbulent mid sort of 70s time, where, you know, record companies just wanted you to make more roundabouts and more fragile albums. Mm -hmm. And the more they asked, the more I decided I didn't want to do them. I think right. it was just being being progressive and and aggressive at the same time that I just wanted to do like uh, music is an adventure and we actually as I would say to friends uh, talk about the evolving of time yes is you know, we had to go through the topographic times close to the edge uh, gates of delirium to get to awaken because if if you if you get the chance to listen to awaken. Uh, without thinking about what it is, just listen to it. It's it's a very, very purely honest, magical piece of music. Really and is. it's it's got it's got nothing to do with radio, making money or anything. It's just a great piece of music and I, I feel so grateful and thankful that I was able to be part of that experience. And I'm really thankful and grateful and I think that I can speak for all of us, yes fans, that uh, you did push the boundaries there and I know that myself I myself have gone to a, a concert where the whole um, concert basically consisted of maybe three songs and I was so elated that you actually went there and pleased the ones that were there for that very reason so thank you for that 
But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today is I've been doing some research on certain musicians who felt they've had divine intervention while composing their music. And I came across an interview where you stated that music and art came from the Pleiades. And I'm very curious as to what made you come to this conclusion. Well, the idea was very simple. Where does music come from? You know, where where, where does it evolve from? And uh, if you listen to the birds singing and, and the, the music of the earth and how the human experience evolved through millions of years into where we are now, but music had to come from somewhere, the, the sort of uh, the dream part of music, and most art, you know, theater, mm. dance, every, every kind of art, the dream part to mm-hmm. it, the sort of link to um, the universe, if you like. There's a link to the divine in all music, in all dance, in all art. And uh, I just felt, and I'd see the Seven Sisters almost every night where I lived in those days, and... Uh, I always wondered what they were called, and I found out they were called the Pleiades, and it's these seven beautiful stars that are there every night. And it just seemed logical for me, um, that's where everything comes from, this sort of beautiful connection with our divine consciousness, musically, artistically, and so on. And it might have been written somewhere, and I just read it somewhere in a book, or maybe not, I don't know, but I just thought, it just feels natural that Music and art just came to us as a gift, you know, to keep us connected to the to the divine. I know it's written uh, in some uh, scriptures that uh, the soul would never move without music. And I think that's a beautiful sort of idea. That is a really beautiful idea. And, and you said something about um, the dreams, you know, coming to you maybe... Have you ever woken up from a night's sleep or had a dream or a meditation and had a song just like appear in your lap out of nowhere? Yeah, I wrote uh, a song. Um, this is, uh, gosh, it happens all the time, actually. But I remember <laughs> vividly in 71, around that time, um, I woke up in, in the middle of the night. I, I always kept a cassette machine next to the bed. And I, I just sang this song in, in, into the into the cassette machine, we were actually on tour, and I sang this song, and uh, I, I put the tape away, and I forgot about it for a couple of years, and then I found it, and I listened to what I was singing, and it was word for word exactly correct. I, I didn't have to change anything. The words were pure and correct, and wow. it's a song I called uh, Or, O-R, with a sort of apostrophe, and it's on a it's on a record somewhere. All the green mountains and all the green valleys. I walked through the country and felt an age. A people so strong, needing peace for so long. The homelands lie broken. Nice. And it's just one of those songs. It's, it's an ancient uh, Celtic energy, and you think, well, that's where songs come from. It's 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 part of my life. I sing songs every day. I have no. Um, I don't think twice about singing. I just love it. I think it's wonderful. I know that you um, should be doing that because your voice is is just amazing and, and very, like I said before, very unmistakable. I also have to say that your lyrics speak so much about uh, positivity and love and and awakening and and everything that you sing about seems to have a message for humanity. 
And I feel very strongly that that's the way that we should be heading. And I think that you do too. That being said, do you ever feel like you've been given a divine message that you need to share with us via your music and, and maybe to change the vibration of the earth? Well, I think we all are. We're all, we're all connected as one. And uh, each and every one of us has a way of expressing themselves and being uh, honest about their uh, appeal and love of life. And uh, to express that in a song or in lyric is just the way I do it. Uh, almost every day I'll see something on the internet, a painting. Some Somebody just sent me an amazing uh, short video of this guy who uh, took a photograph of these birds on some wires, and there were five wires, so the birds were, were sort of in place just like a musical notes. So he did a composition on their, where they were sitting, and the composition is magic. And you think, wow, you know, that's a gift, you know, all the time. There are people uh, connected to that giving, and giving is everything. And uh, I've learned that over the years. And uh, to be able to sing and write lyrics the way I do, it's just a natural event. I don't really contemplate too much about it because I think that would lose the the simplicity of what I'm trying to say. As you said, I think about love and peace and goodwill. And I think that comes from maybe the the love and peace of goodwill that I felt in the 60s and the the Beatles songs and all the love, you know, the the love that was going around in those days and uh, we were changing the world. And we did change the world. We changed our perception of the world and slowly but surely the wars have diminished over the years. They're they're still around, but they're still getting uh, more under control. There is a more urgency going around uh, our world to uh, to find out more about uh, the, the dark side of, of life, the, the, the incredible uh, greed that goes on in life and, and the incredible confusion of how we can survive on a planet where a third of the planet is starving and, and, and a third of the planet is too rich and the other third of the planet is crazy and upset about everything <laughs> and revolution is coming, but it's a, it's a more gentle revolution. It's a more spiritual revolution that's coming. And probably that's what I think about, and I've, I've been thinking about that for quite a while, that we are in the midst of a change. I did an album called Change We Must. Uh, it was a, a, a title of a book of this lady that I met in Hawaii, and uh, Nana Viri was so connected to the uh, interdimensional reality of this beautiful Earth Mother. And that's another side of the coin, you know, I was uh, watching uh, the advertising the other day for the new uh, sort of super-duper hit movie, if it will be. Of, uh, I think it's Angelina Jolie. She's a, a witch or something like that. <laughs> yes. But all I, all I see, yeah, all I see is the, is the beautiful artwork we're doing now with the computer uh, uh, explaining how fairies look and interdimensional reality is coming. And they're coming through the, the use of computer animation. Uh, the storyline is the same old storyline. I'm not interested in that, but I love the visuals. It's the same with Avatar. We're going through an incredible period of time where we're actually going to be seeing 3D without glasses very soon, and we're going to be seeing more art through 
visual experiences that are going to raise our consciousness. It's a, it's a logical step to take rather than keep repeating the same story over and over again. So that's where we're going. I think uh, eventually the, the, the right sort of film director is going to come through, but he's going to need a, a billion dollars to make the, the movie. But what the heck, money's not really the point. But he's going to make something that will change our consciousness, just like you know Spielberg did that with the third encounters of the uh, whatever that was. You remember? Yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> That's the one. Yes. And yes. you know these these things came. They, they weren't about war. It was about music and, and da, 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 exactly. you know the sound of music and everything. Right. It's like it was such a revelation that that movie. It really was. And of course. It still works today. Right. So yeah, you have these feelings that uh, no matter what, a lot of people are all over the world, on every level. People all over China, India, all over the world. People are acknowledging that we're slowly, slowly raising our consciousness. It's a very delicate thing. It takes time. Yes, it does. And and it's really interesting that you say that piece with Close Encounters and the music that was, I mean, we all still remember the little high sign that the mothership came in and it was so, like I said, resounding and it spoke to everyone, I think, in in mass. And that's how I feel about your music. You have the same resonance, the same tonality, the same vibration. You evoke a certain energy in your presence. And, and I think it just makes people really listen a lot more to the music than I think any other band. Um, but I also wanted to say, you said something about this, uh, you know, the computer age and, and what's happening now uh, visually and possibly having a, a holographic reality in this in this dimension. I think that sometimes it takes something like that for people like us or people who aren't aware of the possibilities of another reality to see it visually. People are so visual. They need to see it with their own eyes. But I think that you might even realize that there are other dimensions. There is an interdimensional reality. There are parallel universes possibly as well. How do you feel about uh, parallel universes? Do you feel that maybe we have another existence other than this? It's around us all the time. Yeah. I, yeah, I see it all. I see it every day. Do you? It's just the way I am. I, I don't. I don't close my eyes to that potential. And uh, it's so funny. Yesterday morning, um, you know, we have these uh, sort of uh, rabbits pottery made of made of pottery, and uh, they're they're just sort of scattered around the garden. And for the last three mornings, this lizard has sat on top of this one rabbit, and and I look at it, and it looks at me. <laughs> so for three days, three days running, it sits on top of the head of this rabbit, and I just looked at it yesterday, and it didn't run away. It just looked at me for a while, and then it skipped away, and that was it. And I just thought, boy, oh boy, that's such a connection, you know, on so many levels. Right. And it's a very tiny, you know, it's a tiny little creature, but it didn't run away. It just looked at me, and I looked at it, and you know, whatever we have, we have a little connection. And people say, John. Stop hugging the trees. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, you know, I just think you know, there's more to life than we know, and that's why we live. I to, love to, it. To find these things. I love that you hug trees. I am so into nature. I moved from California. I live in Rhode Island now, 
And the nature here is just so different than the West Coast. And I, like you, love the animals. And I've had a few birds that I've spoken to. And, and I've got beautiful trees in my yard. I take pictures every day. It's all, we're all connected. And so the fact that you would oh, have a sure. connection makes absolute yeah. perfect sense to me. So don't think it's silly. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think at all. But I know people, some people are going to say, oh, there he goes. It's like uh, Rick Wakeman's probably got the best joke about me ever. He said, he says this in, in his stage show because he does a lot of sort of stand up as well as his music. He said, John Anderson's the only guy he knows trying to save this planet while living on another one. <laughs> He's which, awesome. Which is beautiful. No, it's perfect. You know, and also yep. um, there's so much when you think about things when you're just really conscious and aware and living in the moment, there's so much synchronicity that happens all around you. And I was listening to an interview that you had done and, and you were actually in Denmark mm -hmm. and you were on tour and you felt a little down in the dumps and you didn't know why. And, and you were just th feeling that you weren't reaching maybe the audience that you really wanted to. You felt like you were going around in circles and you told a lovely story about going to look for an amulet um, well, I don't know if you were still yeah, in Denmark. Yeah. Could you share that yeah. story with the listeners? Because it's so beautiful. Well, I that that morning, as I said, we did a show in, in Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of older people there. I thought, we're not reaching the young people. We're not reaching as many people as I would love. You always think that. You want to reach as many people as possible. And we were flying to Sweden, so we went to the airport. And I was looking for something to wear on stage, like an amulet around my neck and stuff. So I went into this store, a little tiny store in a, in a very small uh, airport. This is like 1974, 73, something like that. And uh, I was looking for something. And this young lady came around who was working in the shop. She was Asian. And she said, oh, I can, I can help you. I can help you. And I said, no, it's okay, thank you. I'm just looking for something. Oh, please let me help, she said. And I said, no, I'm okay. And uh, so I'm, I'm sort of looking around. She said, you know, you you look like a rock star. Are you are you a rock star? And I said, well, I'm I'm a musician, but thank you very much. <laughs> and she said, oh, please, please, I, I have to ask you a question. You know, I'm from uh, Cambodia, and I and I, we escaped from Cambodia so many years ago and I always had a cassette machine with me, a little player, and I would I would play this music of this this man and I just love this music. And she looked at me right in the eyes and she said, Do you know this man? His name is John Anderson. Oh my god. And I said, Pardon? She said, He 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 sings with Vangelis, this John Ann Vangelis. Do you know this man? And I said, I can't believe this. It's me. And she nearly fainted. And from that moment, I realized, well, earlier on that morning, I'd been sort of complaining that nobody was connecting with the songs that I sing. And there she was, a young lady who had escaped from the terrors of uh, Vietnam and Cambodia. And she'd actually listened to John Van Gallis all the way in her fight for freedom. And it really touched my heart so deeply. And... Uh, we kept in touch for a couple of years, sending cards and things, but just the fact that God has so many answers to, to give you along your journey. That's so amazing, and, and you're so right about that. It's just, again, another affirmation that 
when we ask for things we receive, if we ask with pure intent and, and honesty and humility, we will receive exactly what we need at that moment. Always. Yes, because we are, we are children of God. Yes, we you. are. John, um, I wanted to ask you also, I know that you are not touring with us at the moment, but I know that you've been doing some stuff on your own, and you just finished uh, an acoustic tour here on the East Coast, which I unfortunately missed. I was so sad about that, but I also heard that you have something else in the works with a new band. Could you share that with us? Well, I'm just working with a couple of people, a wonderful musician who lives in Paris called Jean Le Ponty. He's an incredible violin player and a really beautiful soul. And we've we known each other on and off over the years, but just last year I actually started uh, working on songs with him and some of his, his recordings. And uh, we decided we, we would like to get a band together and, and maybe tour next year. So uh, what we're planning to do is to rehearse later this year. And uh, I'm actually writing some songs as we speak. I finished uh, one yesterday. I'm working with a big friend of mine, Jamie, who lives down in Los Angeles. And we're, we're sort of the wonderful thing about uh, the Internet. You can make music together overnight and you can send me an MP3 of what he did yesterday, then I'll sing it and send it back to him. We'll reorganize some ideas of music. And then we send it to Jean-Luc, and he will add a couple of things. Um, it's a wonderful way of making music. You don't even have to be in the same room. We're all on the same planet. Exactly. Exactly. So then are you planning on doing a tour with them? Yes, we're talking about... I was just on the phone before you called. Awesome. Uh, we're talking about... Uh, touring next spring, uh, March, April, May, possibly June. And that will take us, we hope, um, the Far East, uh, South America, Europe, and then uh, America and Canada. Then, you know, shows here and there. And it'll be very interesting how it evolves and how it develops. But we're very, very uh, excited to put together a show, which will be very fresh, very new. And I'm always interested in doing that. It's part of my life. Yes, it is. It seems like you're always evolving, and I think that's the perfect way to be. Yeah. Excellent. As you say, you know, the the musical gods will help along yes, the way. Definitely. Well, John, I just wanted to thank you for joining us today at Random Alien Brain Droppings. If you have anything that you would like to say to the people out there who are fans, as far as any words of wisdom that you'd like to share... No, I just want to wish everybody a, a wonderful day. And living living in the now is very important. Uh, the past is gone and the future hasn't come yet. So live in the moment and enjoy life and enjoy the experience as much as you can of life. And there are so many wonderful things out there. And I wish you all. Thank you so much. And, and be good people. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank you, John.
Thank you.